This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another Double Tap. And it's a special one because this is Christmas Eve. Yes, the 24th of December, 2022. I'm here with Mark and we are going to talk through the year that has gone by. You're listening to Double Tap, the weekend edition, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Mark Aflalo. Hey, Mark Aflalo. That was fun with Stephen Scott. How are you? I'm fine. I'm full of the festive. I don't mean alcohol. I mean... Uh, well, maybe a little bit of alcohol, a tiny bit, just a tiny bit of my coffee, just to, you know, a little bit for medicinal purposes only, obviously. Uh, how are you? You all set you? for the big day? Uh, I'm I'm super set. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited for the holidays. I'm excited for the break. You know, I feel like we really push hard as people, human beings, just push hard towards the holidays, get all your stuff done. Mm. Just because we have a week off or a couple of days off doesn't mean the work doesn't have to get done, right? So we push hard, hard, hard. So we really drive ourselves, and then it comes crashing down for the holidays. <laughs> and we we call it a break. It's more just recovery from what we just did to get through the break. I know, right? But uh, it's, it's I'm not, looking forward exactly to the downtime a bit. You kind of just feel that like you're pushing on and pushing on, and then you know you you stop, and then of course what's I think the worst thing is in my family is they all come round. I mean, I love my family. I love my family to bits, but they all want to come and they want to say hello. And, you know, as soon as they all arrive, I can handle people for about an hour and then that's it. I'm done. I I just want to get out of there or I want them to get out of here. And, you know, I want to just sit and watch Netflix all day. I'm a very yeah. hospitable person. Can you tell? Yeah, I can. I can definitely tell that. And I can I can I can feel your pain <laughs> because this year the holidays are a little bit different for me because oh. my son at the tender age of 13 has a bar mitzvah in the Jewish faith. OK. And uh that is happening on January the 7th, and that means that all my closest friends and family are going to be gathering together in one room for mm. six, seven hours, um, uh, during which I don't have time to sit down with anybody individually for more than five seconds and just say hi. Yeah, of course. Uh, and I'm feeding them, and I'm feeding them, and they're all dressing up nice and pretty and fancy, and I'm taking pictures and doing all this fun stuff, and then it's done. <laughs> yeah, and it's you can just done. fall back in a chair and just yeah, sleep. So for a I while. feel like almost we should have maybe scheduled that two weeks ahead of time and just gone like <laughs> have the crash afterwards. But instead, no, the day after we got like, go back to school and work. So a um, mm. little bit different for me this year. But so I'm gonna I'm gonna truly embrace the next week or two before that happens and try to really get some downtime and hide from the world. And that's why you're taking a little break from the show and uh, Sean and I are going to be carrying on right through the holidays, of course. We'll tell you more about that later in our seven days of 2022 as it gets underway from Monday. But um, I want to ask you this because, you know, being Jewish, does, does Christmas mean anything to you? Do you care about it? Is it a thing We celebrate. celebrate? What are you talking about? I got a Christmas tree upstairs. <laughs> we do Christmas morning just like everybody else does. Um, you know, Hanukkah kind of falls on the same time as Christmas this year. So we celebrate both. Um, people... People are just are really confused when they walk into my house, um, but that's okay. I'm okay with that. We just like the holidays. It's fun to celebrate. The lights are pretty. It's it's exciting to do. Um, you know, because friends and family are coming over for the bar mitzvah, the tree will be down a little earlier this year, so as not to make them even more confused than they are. Mm, yeah. Um, but it, it's fun. You know, it's 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 just really you know what the holidays. No matter what you celebrate, are a time to just kind of. Regroup and just reconnect yourselves with your iPad. I mean, with your family. <laughs> yeah, make sure it's charged. Uh, but you know, the, the one thing I love doing this show, and one of the, I mean, there's lots of reasons why I love doing this show, but, you know, one is that I meet so many people from across the world, and I talk to so many different people with so many different experiences. And, you know, it's funny because I grew up in a very small town. You know, as a Catholic, I was brought up, I'm not religious anymore, but I was brought up a Catholic. And, um, you know, and everybody who lived in my area was Catholic. And if you know anything about Scotland, you'll know there's a bit of a Catholic versus Protestant thing that goes on, which is kind of, you know, not as bad as it used to be. We stopped killing each other. That's the good news. Um, but now it's all kind of reserved for football, which I don't really understand or pay much attention to. But, you know, it is interesting because, you know, when I met you, uh, I, you know, I'm not ashamed to say you were the first Jewish person I'd ever met. So I had so many questions. I think I bombarded you with loads. I'm like, How does this work? What do you do here? And do you care about Christmas? 
Um, you know, and all those kind of things. And it's just, it fascinates me. And I, I think that's the joy. But, you know, you bring something really important up, which is that, you know, in your home, you're, you're celebrating because you've got so many different people coming through, right? It's, we don't all just live in bubbles anymore, which is a good thing. That's the best thing about all this. Well, well sometimes. <laughs> I like the bubbles. <laughs> I like my bubbles own bubble. Welcome I like bubble bit. of one. That's my favorite bubble. Bubble of one. Bubble yeah. of one. But well, I want to ask about It does make catching up on Netflix a lot easier. Yeah, well, of course. Um, but I want to ask about your son because so does is does the bar mitzvahs do they have to fall on a certain date? Is that a thing? Do they have to? So it, it falls in and around his Hebrew birthday. So the Hebrew calendar ah, okay. uh, falls within the lunar calendar. Um, so it's like year fifty-seven something this year, and uh, he based on when he was born. So he was born in. Uh, in uh, December of 2009, so whatever the date was on the Hebrew calendar then, it falls in and around that on uh, on the Hebrew calendar this year. So it's January 7th this year, although his birthday was December 2nd. So it's in and around the month of uh, of his Hebrew birthday. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, I wish you well with it. I don't wish you well with the bill, but um, everything else I wish you well with. There's a bill. I've got to pay something. I, 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 What's I, going on? I have no comments at all. I just, all I'll say to you is that you're going to be, you know, most people are quite grumpy in January when they get the first credit card bill through. I don't know. I, no, we I, started our shopping a little early so that we oh, didn't have to good. worry about that shock. <laughs> oh, there's nothing worse. Oh. January credit card bill comes through and you think, oh my God, how much money. Do you know the- what yesterday was? What was yesterday? The last day that people can enter our big holiday gift guide giveaway. Oh, yes, that's right. It's done. It's over. So that's it. So over any entries now, million entries. No, no, I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we bin them all. We've actually set it to auto delete. We got a script written by the OpenAI thing. <laughs> it's just we got. We, we got I got to talk about OpenAI afterwards. But no, the, the gift guide, oh, uh, the giveaway is done. Uh, if you entered, congratulations for entering. We're going to be drawing names over the coming weeks, right after, right after New Year's, and we'll be getting in touch with everybody individually, asking for addresses and all that stuff, and making sure we get all that stuff out the door. I've got a table here that's just dedicated to all this stuff, and I want this table out of my office. Yeah, you're giving away some good stuff though, some great stuff in there. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of people. I added the BenQ monitor, the gaming monitor, kind of mm. towards the end there, and I don't know if people realize that. And uh, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, to see who wins this stuff. And I hope we get some good pictures and good social posts from people showing showing them unboxing their water bottles and their and their gift guide gifts. That's always fun. It's you always know, fun it's, to get it's, that it's so different this this experience because I remember working at a local radio station, but beginning of my career, and um, I remember we had this Christmas thing, and the idea was we couldn't think of a way to, you know, get ourselves out there. Now, social media didn't really exist at that point. So the best you could get was a hope that, you know, the local newspaper would print a picture of whatever you were up to. And um, we had decided that, you know, let's let's go and, you know, send the radio presenters around to people's homes and plug in their Christmas trees, you know, so that okay. the lights would come on. So we would be like turning on the, the, the Christmas lights in their home. And there was a picture of me... Taking, uh, you know, plugging in the Christmas tree, this big cheesy grin, you know, kind of plugging in the tree. And there's an old woman. And, you know, I say old woman because she was an old woman. She's one of those kind of women you would look at and you'd say, she's an old woman, right? And um, <laughs> and she's sitting there on her, on her sofa, turned away from the tree. Her head is in her hand and she has the most miserable looking expression on her face as if, why am I, what, who is this guy and why is he in my home? Leave me alone. It was, honestly, I don't think I've laughed as much in a long time. Thankfully, I've got a sense of humour about these things. Um, but yeah, it was the craziest idea, which, you know, when you think about this giveaway in comparison, uh, you know, it's, it's a marked improvement. That's I agree. what I say. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I must admit, Sean's very uh, jealous because he wanted to get the... Uh, what did he want? I think he wanted the monitor. I don't know. Why, why does a blind guy need... I, mean, I, I can't say anything. I bought the studio display this year. Can I tell you something? If you lived around the corner from me, you would have a, an Apple studio display. I really have no need for this thing. It is a wonderful monitor. But I honestly... I mean, other than the fact that it's got speakers and it's got the webcam and it's got the, the microphone in it, which I do like. I think that is the best thing about it. And it charges the MacBook when it's plugged in. You know, it's all very good for that. But to be perfectly honest, there's no no need in the world for this. I I don't know why I did this to myself. It was a lot of money, although I did save some money because I traded in. But to be truthful, I could probably just save the 
coupons or whatever the, the tokens I got and you know bought something else. Um, speaking of which, have you uh, managed to get a computer yet? Did we not talk about this? Okay, all right. Talk I don't know it. what to do. I just don't know. It's, I'm torn because, you know, I, I'm a Mac OS guy. Like, it's just, it, I have a I have a Surface Pro 8 that I could use, but I just feel like I'm going to get stuck behind some kind of stumbling block of trying to do something that I'm used to doing on the Mac and while I'm away and I'm going to be annoyed and frustrated. And <laughs> you, you know me. I just want to, it's a creature comforts. So I just want, you know, I just what, can't what, get what used I'm to used keyboards. to when I'm used to it. I just can't get used to those keyboards. I, I find them too, they're too wobbly. On the Surface, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can also do Surface Lab. I mean, there's so many there's so many options out there. These are like first world problems here, but I mean, we'll figure something out. It's just that I'm traveling for the first time in so long, and I just want to make sure I have what I need when I'm with me. And it's that's the difficult part is just making sure I have what I need. I, I could just keep this laptop that I have and not return it to Costco and just mm. be done with it. But then I'll be you know smacking myself in three months from now when Apple releases a M2 Pro something and I can't get it because I can't afford it. But um, we'll we'll figure something out. I'm not I'm not terribly concerned. The world will not end. My my <laughs> my trials and tribulations will will not be over. Can we talk about uh, open uh, the the chat GPT for a second? Yeah, of course. So there was a an, a video I saw the other day where someone was talking about it and how it, apparently in the first 24 hours they got like four million requests, <laughs> and what they've done to basically ensure they can accommodate. The future requests, if they've they've dumbed it down, oh, so they've added a whole bunch of criteria where it so it, it can't do certain things anymore. Mm. So, for example, when you put something and ask it to like summarize something, it's going to give you a little bit more generic and not necessarily as detailed results as you got the first day, and wow. all this so that the computing power isn't going absolutely nuts and costing them billions of dollars to run oh, it. I see. Right. Okay. So this if you've used it more recently and you've wondered, hmm, this isn't exactly kind of what I experienced the first time, which I have, by the way. I tried that. I'm like, hmm, it's a bit different. Um, that's why. So, so apparently people them. were people <laughs> people asked it this. They said, name me the banks in the world that are the most vulnerable to cyber attacks. Wow. And then they even asked it to build, write a script <laughs> to break into those banks. And people tried using this stuff. Um, so clearly wow. there's a security risk there. Um, uh, and AI is getting a little bit ahead of itself in terms of so the it's security proving, aspect of it. I mean, it, it's, it's almost the opposite that you would imagine. I mean, this is, this is a little bit like the day we saw the... Do you remember that graph that Apple put up on screen when they were showing the M processors? And they were showing the M1. And it was a graph and someone said, this is an incredible graph because it has no data, no labels, nothing on it. It was just a tick essentially going upwards. And everyone said, oh, yeah, this is just garbage. I mean, how good is this thing going to be if that's the graph? And then they booted up a computer. (laughs) And then they're like, wow, this thing's way better than we thought. And it feels like that's what OpenAI has done this year. It's kind of opened our AIs up to um, the potential of what AI can actually do. And it it seems it's, it's... well, it's smarter because of a lot of different things, right? It's down to the data that we put in. We put data into the internet all the time. We're doing it on Facebook. We're doing it on Twitter. We're doing it on whatever platform you're on. We're inputting data all the time. We're uploading images. We're, you know, on websites. We're creating content. We're making shows like this. This goes into a, a website. Someone could transcribe this, and suddenly you've got all the words, and therefore all the knowledge comes in. So there's a lot of information. I think the smart bit, though, was that it was able to digest that and turn it into something that is meaningful. I actually asked it to do for, for just to show my wife, because I was trying to think of something I could show my wife how it would work and she would be as amazed as I was. Yeah. And I asked it to write a story about her in her job. And it wrote basically her CV for her. I did mean, you, it was did you, what, what amount of information did you have to feed it? All I said was her name and the organization. I didn't say what I, I didn't say what she did. That was the interesting bit, actually. That was the kind of freaky bit because I didn't say what she did. I just said her job at this organisation. Now, the reason it was freaky was because I was under the impression that the data only went up to twenty twenty one, and I don't well, think that, she you was see, there uh, in that year. So they said that mm. they said that. Yet I also threw some stuff at it that was there was no way that it could have not had any more recent data. Yeah, it's almost like it had to have some kind of extra data in yeah. there, right? But, but it was, I mean, it got 
I mean, it made up a story, essentially, about her and the work she does as a rehabilitation and, and mobility expert. And it get named a client, but it wasn't a real person because the name didn't ring a bell to her. So it was, they wasn't, you know, be able to pick out clients' names. I think that would have been really freaky if it could do that. But, you know, again, it's that kind of Black Mirror has come to life thing, you know. Um, new series coming soon, by the way, if you love Black Mirror. Did you ever watch Black Mirror? <laughs> no, I didn't. Have you never, you've never watched Black Mirror? No. Oh my God, you have got a Netflix series. This will get you through the next month. I, I have made your life better. Yeah, but I try to, is it something the wife will like too? She might. I actually think, yeah, I think your wife would like this. Yeah. Your wife's a very intelligent okay. person. I mean, she okay. married you. Okay, we can't all be perfect. But, you know, she, she's an intelligent well, that's woman. That's not a sign of intelligence. That's a sign of stupidity. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, I think you would like this series. It is, it, is a, it is a series which, I mean, the first episode, because it started in the UK as a, as a, on Channel 4 in the UK, and it, it, then Netflix bought it, and it became this huge thing. You can tell when the budget changed. You know, <laughs> you can tell immediately there was a, a, an increase in the budget. But... Um, but the first series, the first episode is all about the, the Prime Minister of the UK and he has to do something, which I will not say, but he has to do something. And um, it is it is definitely worth watching, but it is utterly horrific. Okay. Um, it is brilliant. It is just, it, it, it's, and you know, for someone who loves tech, you would love this because it's all about tech. There's one episode in particular, which I've watched a few times, and it is so true to life because it was kind of before Uber and it was before all those things when it came out and it, it was really about a, a public rating system. So we would all be able to rate each other. So every interaction you have, you have to rate, give like a number of stars. So you'd meet someone, I'd maybe walk up to you and I'd say, hi, Mark, how are you? And you'd say, oh yeah, I'm fine. And then I would decide how many stars you should get. And then I would just sort of hit a button on my phone and say three stars and kind of point at you. And, you know, you would get a bing and then you would get like, oh, hang on, you know, I only get two stars for that interaction. We'll stuff you and they'll give you one star. And, all this kind of nonsense, but everybody was so nice to each other all the time. And it, it reminded me so much actually of being in an Uber car because it's the only time in my life I've been nice to people because, you know, I get into that car and I know I'm being rated. And, you know, as a blind person, we do get marked down, believe it or not. They will mark really? us down. Yeah, because they, That's they, ridiculous. it's like a message to other Uber drivers. Don't pick up these blind people. Happens all the time. <laughs> well, there should be, I mean, there should be, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but there should be a toggle where you can, Add, add any kind of special needs or anything into your profile, and that should block them immediately from being able to, to give you a negative review for that. Well, I know friends of mine, this is a subject that comes up quite a lot, but friends, a lot of friends of mine battle this where, you know, you book an Uber car, and if you don't tell them, and even if you do tell them in fairness, but if you tell them as a guide dog, the job just gets cancelled. I have, I've had it as well, where, you know, I, I often We've put We've heard in, some stories and people at AMI have had experienced that in, yeah. in Ottawa. I know, it's just, it's ridiculous. I had, I had a situation where I was, I use this fantastic feature in Apple's iOS called text replacement. So you can put in like a very small number of letters like ZZT, something you I never use that. Type. I use that as a, as a tool of uh, deception and horror, but I'll tell you after. Oh, that, that, I'm interested. Okay. Um, but yeah, so you put in like ZZT, right? Whatever you wouldn't necessarily type on a regular basis. And then you can, what will happen is it can replace that text as soon as you hit space it will replace that text with whatever you've chosen it to replace. So I usually put in for Uber, I have one that says something like, hi, I'm blind, I have a white cane, um, I'll probably be wearing sunglasses, so you'll find me first, um, just to let you know. And that's what I usually send to the Uber driver in the notes. And I'd say probably 20% of the time, maybe 30% of the time, I just get a cancelled job. Really? And I don't know why. I don't know what they think is going to happen, but... Um, yeah, they just either it's because they can't be bothered, or they think that I'm, or maybe they think I'm going to have a, a dog. You know, I don't so, know. So, um, text replacement. If you ever really want to have some fun with some family, especially on the holidays, <laughs> um, grab <laughs> grab a loved one's phone. <laughs> You're cruel. <laughs> Go in there, and you know there are certain things. Like for example, my mother in law always texts my wife when she's home, and she says she'll just write home, mm. or she'll uh. write something like uh, on my way or uh, shower. She's going in the shower, stuff like that. So I, I knowing these couple phrases that she puts in, like, for example, she talks about her son, Barry, or her son, Stephen. I replaced the word Barry with uh, my favorite son. I replaced the word Stephen with the the son I hate the most, Stephen. <laughs> I replaced the word hello with Jesus will be your co-pilot. 
I replaced the word, um, uh, some other things like that. And she was typing and not realizing these were happening, right? So people were writing back to her going, what are you talking about? And she's like, what do you mean what am I talking? And she looked back and she's like, what? I didn't say that. And uh, she eventually called my my wife screaming, saying, fix this. What did Mark do to it? And this, and it gets better. So then my brother-in-law found out about this. So what he did was he grabbed his wife's phone and her, her name is Alana. And he did a text replacement so that when she writes her name, it replaces it with MILF. Oh, wow. And she unfortunately used this. Oh, no. Uh, she's in the travel agency business and she signed her name to a business email. And thankfully the client was uh, a friend, like friendly and, and, and pointed it out, but she was mortified. She was mortified. This business email was signed with MILF. And uh, needless to say, uh, we no longer do this anymore, but it is a super fun time. It is a super fun, fun, fun time and a way to use a, a, a feature in uh, a very, um, manipulative way. <laughs> you know the great thing about this? With all iPhones having voiceover now, you can grab anyone's phone and do it. It's not like, you know, even blind people can join in the game now, right? This is the best bit. It's like, what are you doing with my phone? Don't worry about it. I'm just doing this. And, you know, just disappear off for a minute and, you know, change everything. Um, change this change the wife's name. You know, change the wife's super contact into mistress or, <laughs> yeah, whatever it might be. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I'm actually surprised they've never added a like a um like a time machine type feature to an iPhone where you can like store a recovery point mm. and then go back in saying, okay, so my son's messed with my phone. Let's rewind time back to this point. <laughs> well, you could with iCloud. All my settings, all my apps, all my tweets. <laughs> well, I, well, I guess you can because you've got the iCloud backups, right? And they do the backups every so often. And I think when you yeah. restore, you can choose a specific point, can't you? So there is that option. Yeah, but I don't think you can point out like uh, specific apps and texts and tweets and stuff like that. No, no, no. no Anyhow, no. is it break time yet? We're getting there. We're not there yet, but we're getting oh, we're there. We're not there yet. You want a coffee? Is that what it is? You, you feel I do you want a coffee? That's what I, I do. Want. I've got my coffee. I brought it with me. I, I've got to say that my favorite thing of the year, and I know this is it's not tech, but look, it's you know, it's a holiday time, right? So let's okay. just let's just relax a bit. Um, I when I was in New York in two thousand and when did we go two thousand seven, uh, I went to the NBC building at, at thirty Rockefeller Center right and I did yep. the whole you know tour you my did wife the tour and everything yeah I did the tour my wife was you. so bored um, I really felt bad for her the only excited the only way I could get her excited was to tell her that Columbo was made on that channel <laughs> she thought that was exciting for about a minute and. Um, and and she she thought she was going to meet the guy you know Columbo Peter Falk and I was like no no, no oh, I, I don't think we, I don't think he's was on he the alive tour. at the time <laughs> I, I think he was yeah I think he okay. was but I don't think he was roaming the building uh, who knows but I don't think so so we went in and we did the whole tour she did get a chance to read the news that was fun I did the weather um, nice that was interesting and then I got a picture taken with Jay Leno although obviously not really Jay, Jay Leno it was super was it like a wax figure. No, it wasn't even. It was, it was just an empty chair, but they, they green screened oh, okay. it. So later, you know, it was like, here's your picture. It cost me an absolute fortune. I still don't know why. Uh, I also got my picture taken with the cast of Friends, who obviously weren't there either. Um, yeah, it was a bit bizarre. But anyway, so I did all that. And then I go to the gift shop and, you know, you got to buy something. So there's loads of things with NBC logos, mugs and all the rest. So yeah, okay, fine. So I buy a couple of bits. And the one thing I bought myself, and I have never seen, well, had never seen it before or since until recently, was this glass. Well, a plastic glass, if you like, right? So one of these ones, there's a mug, big handle on it, and you put it in the freezer, and it basically has like, I thought it was like a gel or something inside it, and the walls of the glass will actually freeze up. So when you pour a drink into it, it's always cold. You know, it'll stay cold for maybe a few hours. Okay. And I had this for years. Loved it. And then I don't know what happened to it. I don't know if the gel just faded away or... It got damaged or I broke it. I don't know what happened to it. But anyway, the, the, the end of the, it, it came. So five or six years later, that was the end of it. And I always dreamed of having that mug. I live a very simple life. I was dreamed of having that mug. I even thought of calling the NBC shop and saying, do you have these still? 
Is this still a thing? That might still. Have you checked eBay? <laughs> I have. I checked eBay. I checked lots of different places. I couldn't get this thing anywhere. And, and eventually I thought, surely this exists in some form. So for my birthday this year, my wife bought me. She found it online. And it is, it's not the same, but it's the same idea. In fact, in some ways it's better because the gel lasts longer. And it's it's got a silicon kind of um, ring around it where you can hold it. So even if it's cold, it's not that bad to hold. But it is like a pint glass and it's got those walls, you know, the thick walls uh, with the gel inside. And you can turn it, you turn it upside down, you put it in the freezer and it is freezing cold. I have it right here, right now. Not with my coffee in it, obviously, but, you know, I do have it here and it is just wonderful. And, you know, that is, I think, my favourite thing this year. Wow. Yeah. Even even more than an M2 MacBook Air, even more than Envision <sighs> glasses. I think it's this. The mug. Simple. I'm trying so, to think so. what my favorite thing this year would be. Well, what's, what's, the, the thing is, though, right, that gets me. So I'll tell more people about that than I'll tell about anything else. I'll talk about this at, at my Christmas party, Christmas Day, when we talk about all this stuff. I'll be talking about this. But, and that's the thing you have to think about. You know, The thing that you're going to talk about, the thing you want to tell people about, that's the gadget. That's the one that's got you. Yeah. I, I don't know what that would be this year. That's a hard question. Well, I'll let you think about it. I'm going to take a break. Go get that coffee. Um, we're chilling out today. Oh, chilling out today. It's the last show of, well, it's not the last show. We're going to tell you what's coming up because we get more shows this year. I'll tell you about them right after this. Can't get enough Double Tap? Subscribe to the podcast and get your fill of Double Tap every day. Visit DoubleTapOnAir.com and follow us now. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. This is Double Tap. And uh, as we head towards the big day with the man with the bag and all that stuff, uh, I just wanted to mention our seven days of 2022, which we've got starting on Monday. So this, this is pretty cool, man. This is pretty cool. This is where we look back at the entire year. We've clipped out some really cool bits from the year. I have to say, this has been quite a year. And, you know, a big year for Double Tap as well, because this show became a six-day-a-week show. I think we might be repeated on a Sunday as well, somewhere on AMI Audio. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> sure. we are. Probably. Which means we're seven days. We can say that. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, we're, we're basically here all the time. And it's funny because if you had asked me even last September, not September there, but the previous one, you know, could we do this every single day? I don't know if I'd have said yes, but a lot has happened and a lot keeps happening in the world of tech. And, you know, we're here and today we're at the point where we think that you know, Elon Musk is giving way to a new CEO, so the Twitter thing might start to settle down a little bit, and or not. Depends who takes over, I guess. But um, you know, every day there's something, and it's it's it, and it used to be the case that there was a lot of tech news. And I remember the weeks that we would think, okay, it's not as much this week as it was last week, and you know, but it has ramped up a lot. I don't know if you've noticed it, even in the main, not as much around access. Tech well, I find there's no. But- the, the seasons are kind of gone now. Like, there's no longer a season for stuff anymore. You know, Apple's spreading things out a little bit more. Samsung definitely spreads things out. They launched new phone, launched new phones in, in March at Mobile World Congress. And then there's stuff throughout the year. And then CES is still pretty big, but it's not as big as not as... Yes, there's a lot of new emerging tech, and but it's not a lot of stuff we're going to see right away, right? So it's not stuff that necessarily sets the stage for anything immediate. It's rare that you see that kind of stuff. So I, I find that people are spreading things out and people are just kind of releasing stuff when they're ready to release it. They're not really worrying about cycles and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that as much anymore. And I think that makes it more interesting. It makes it more exciting. And, you know, there is an industry, there's a media industry. I mean, we're part of it, but, you know, there is a media industry out there that is looking for that. So I think about The Verge and I think about the... The, you know, we, we mentioned The Verge this week on the show, you know, but, you know, or Mashable or, you know, iMore or whoever it is, Tech Radar, all these different media machines now that are looking for news. So that's kind of helping get the word out. So organizations can announce something or a company or an app can announce something or a change and it'll be reported on and we'll be able to have a conversation about it. Similarly, in the tech world, and I think we're probably only show out there. And I can say that with an amount of confidence. I think we're the only show out there that can really tackle the access tech on a daily basis the way we can. And again, with that, there is so much going on. Every week, 
in the last year near enough. There's been something to talk about, some big story. And of course, you know, the tech adjacent or the accessibility adjacent stories I think about, like Twitter, you know, and the accessibility team being fired, well, never can, really I mean, you being can, addressed. You can look at every story that comes out and really kind of tackle that from the accessibility point of view. Exactly. And that's what... And that's kind of what we pride ourselves on here, right? Is being able to kind of take that unique approach to it, which is a, which is pretty cool. And it's also, I think it, it's in some ways it brings out some interesting angles about these products and services that are announced. Well, exactly. I mean, I think about it from your point of view, right? Someone who has been steeped in this tech world for a long time. And when you came into this and you were part of the, the accessibility side of it, I could even sense from you, it's like, God, there's so much more we can talk about here. This isn't just the same conversation that everyone else is having. We're having actually a very different conversation where someone might say, oh, that's just a gimmick. That's a great idea, but what a gimmick. And then you learn that someone who's blind is, you know, bursting into tears over it because it has just changed their life. I mean, one example of this, which came this year in iOS 16, a tiny, tiny, small feature, which made such a difference to a friend of mine who has muscular dystrophy, and he said that being able to hang up a call using Siri, it put, it put him to tears because he was like, I can finally answer my call without having to really struggle to get the button to get, you know, to physically do this with either the, the straw to, you know, actually point to the device and use it that way or a switch device. You know, ha all the, the hassle that goes with that, just being able to do this by speaking with his voice. Yeah, that's, changed that's his cool. life. Yeah, that's that's. I love stories like that. Honestly, yeah. I love stories like that because they give us make it feel like there's a purpose to what we're doing sometimes. Yeah, well, exactly, and that's that's why I love what we do, and that's why I love doing this. And you know, th there's a personal aspect to it for me because it, you know I used to say, I remember when I went for a job interview at the radio station I worked at previously, and I remember in the interview I said, you know, and it was a kind of a corny line, but. It meant something I felt, which was, you know, I'm not just a, you know, I, I'm I'm not just someone who would work here. I would, I'm a listener, and I felt it was a bit corny at the time because I thought, eh, you know, but the point I was trying to make was, I am this person. I am the person who I'm serving here, right? I am not. This is where it's not like me up in an ivory tower talking down to the people, unless of course you're buying an Android phone. Don't buy Android phone, guys. Get <laughs> an iPhone. But I, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> knock that one down because I've been using a Pixel Seven Pro for the past while. I'm, I'm kidding the Android people. God, I mean, love these phones. Yeah, uh, they are uh, the Pixel phones this year. Honestly, what an improvement! What an improvement! I mean, the, the the Pixel range has improved steadily. The Pixel Five for me was the one that really started. We could start to see a real premium phone coming out. But with Six A, with the Sevens, I mean, I, I've got sitting here with the Six A, and I think that's a stonkingly good device. Yeah. Can't argue that point. I mean, I got the 7 Pro here and it's, it is, I mean, the fit and finish, I don't know what it is about some of these phones. They feel so much nicer than, than the iPhones in your hand. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I know. It's a balanced thing. It's a material thing. I don't know. I don't know what I get about it. And, and, and the cameras that they throw into these, man. Mm -hmm. I know. Incredible. It's just insane. Like you can zoom forever. <laughs> It does feel like you, I mean, you know, I often say it's like the walled garden with Apple, but it actually feels like you're in the walled garden. That's the problem with Apple sometimes. You, you feel that there's a world out there, but you don't, you'll never really see it. Whereas with Android, you can kind of see where the potential goes. And that's because the companies are able to experiment more. Can you imagine if Apple open sourced the license? Well, maybe not open sourced it, but, you know, did what essentially Google do. Can you imagine the kind of devices you would get? Putting iOS I think it on. would be so cool. That'd be incredible, wouldn't it? Imagine that'd be so Samsung cool. Do you think that'll, ever happen, device? You think that'll ever, ever happen? <sighs> it's very hard to say. I think under current management, no. I, I do wonder, though, the one, the one product which is kind of, I've been watching with interest, was Apple TV. Because that was the first time we saw a breakout, a, a breakaway from the traditional methods of you have to buy an Apple product, you know, I thought, you know, Apple TV Plus was going to be purely on Apple TV um, you know, boxes. But then I they, they realized pretty quickly they're going to have to expand that beyond their own device. Well, that, but that then could apply to the entire business model. You know, if you think, well, actually, we if we broke out, I mean, I, I think if we see iMessage and FaceTime break out into Android, that is when even RCS, you know, the, the, this, this rich communication services feature – if that was to break out onto, you know, the ability for Android and iPhone to communicate better like that, 
I think we'd start to see the walls come down a little bit more. I don't think that's a bad thing. Well, I, we're, I, I mean, we're seeing we're seeing side loading that's going to become something that's well, that's, that's going to happen in, in twenty twenty three. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's a big one. So that could be that could change things. I mean, to me, I don't really understand how that's all going to work in, in reality and, and what that will mean. But and, and I saw people saying things like, "Well, you know, that means that." apps will just jump off the app store because you can get them somewhere else. You know, this whole 30% they might, take They thing. might, they might for sure. Um, if the, if the feature is available outside of, um, outside of those jurisdictions, like if it comes to North America, they may, may well say, sorry, can't do this in North America. Mm-hmm. I mean, people will find ways to do it, but I don't know. I mean, it depends on how they approach it. They might find a way to do it that makes sense in terms of security and that doesn't affect all the concerns they have, or they might say, listen, you, you can, you know, it's, we're putting this on a partition of your phone. That's not going to be secure. So don't, don't count on stuff. there being watched by us. We, we claim no responsibility. I mean, which they might have to. Apple's an interesting place. I mean, we haven't really seen any new M2 products since the M2 feature was announced. Thanks I mean, for rubbing it in. I really appreciate that. <laughs> but honestly, nothing. Right. And I thought by now we'd at least have a Mac pro. I mean, whether an iMac Pro comes along, I don't know. I'd kind of like to see an iMac Pro. I think that would be the nice, perfect desktop device for a lot of people. Um, but again, maybe the Mac Studio is that now. And with the Mac Studio displays, there's talk of more of those coming. There's apparently rumours of them working on three new displays. So that would be you know, a Pro XDR, you know, maybe a new studio display in two different sizes, because I think the current one is 24-inch. Um 27 seems like an optimal, or maybe it's 27, I don't know. But, it, you know, it's 32 is, is kind of the, the one a lot of people are going for, especially creators, they want that amount of space. Yeah, but I'll be honest with you. I don't know if, you know, the attraction of an Apple display has never been one that I've really jumped on because there are so many other companies in that space that have been doing this for way longer than Apple has Yeah, with really good screens. I mean, I'm using a Samsung now. I've got... ViewSonics around me. I've got an HP behind me, and they're all great monitors. Like I don't see the appeal other than the uh, the uh, industrial design of an Apple screen. I don't care. Yeah, that's that's interesting coming from you. I must admit, but I think from I mean, but you know again, look at the Pro X. I was looking at the Pro Display XP, XDR when it was when it was in the store that time, and I thought you know it's a bigger screen, thirty two inch. It's a much nicer screen, but it's very expensive. And then I was reading. It doesn't have a webcam in it. I think, hang on. So <laughs> what has this thing got? I don't, I don't even know if it's got speakers in it. Oh, Lord. All that money for that? And, and you, of course, don't forget, you have to buy a stand to go with it because it doesn't come naturally with it. So that costs more money. And I think they've got to get away from that. I think this. I think Apple's always been very good at, at dealing with Pro. And, and obviously, that, that's when the Mac Pro came along, that satisfied a lot of people. But I think what Apple don't do well is pricing. I really think they screw up on pricing badly. <laughs> I don't mean that it's too expensive because anybody can say that, but I think it's more about that they don't have that middle option. Now, some might argue they do because you've got the Mac Studio, but I think for some people, you'd say, well, look, I actually want the, I, I will, I personally, I would want the Mac Pro because I love the fact that it's expandable. I can put more stuff in there. I, I had the G5 when that came out. Remember the very similar kind of tower? the cheese grater tower, as they called it at the time. Um, and that was that was a fantastic machine. And it was certainly way more affordable than what you get today. Yeah. So I just I just don't get the thinking behind this. Why does it have to start at, you know, $8,000 or whatever it is? You know, why can't it start at two or three? And, and, you know, and the biggest issue, of course, and this is the thing that really drives me insane, is the fact that when you want to, because you have to decide the storage immediately. That pisses me off. That really yeah. bothers me. It really, really bothers me. Can't change it later. Yeah, no, so that really no. bothers me. It's always been one of those things that this is, um, and even the old Mac Minis. Don't forget the old Mac Minis. You were able to open it from the bottom, update yes. the RAM, update the hard drive. Like, why? Why is that such an issue? Like, why? Th- there's nothing proprietary about a hard drive. There's nothing proprietary about your RAM. I understand on a laptop, it does. You know, yes, it's soldered on for cooling and performance and just repairability. I get that on a laptop. But on your Mac Mini, why it was there? No one complained about it. No one misused it. So what's the problem? I this year moved back to my PC for a lot of stuff, and that's partly because of my editing requirements. I was kind of jumping between the Mac and the PC all the time, so I've been using the Mac, well, the PC, I should say, mostly. And I've got an HP Omen um, desktop, which is a good machine. It's a gaming 
machine really, but it's powerful. It's got about 16 gig of RAM in there. It's got a 256, I think it is, M2 drive for the program content. And it also had a two terabyte um, regular drive, just like a you know content drive really. And I swapped that out with a 16 terabyte, <laughs> 16 terabyte drive. Which you know what scares me about up. that is that if that one drive goes down, <laughs> <laughs> we've got problems. Well, there are two slots in there, so I could potentially put a second one, and I probably will eventually put a second one in there for backup. But really, in essence, it's actually just carrying Dropbox. That's all it's doing. And our Dropbox, as you know, is very, very large. So, you know, it carries my Dropbox. So I'm not too worried about it because everything in there is already backed up to the cloud. So, you know, it's almost the perfect solution. Um but, you know, the thing about that is I was able to do that so easily, so, so simply. And, you know, when you yeah. start doing it, you realise how good a PC is because you think, actually, you know, I think I'll just chuck in some more RAM or, hey, that 256-gig M2 drive, I think I'll swap it for a 512. Ah, why not? And it's just very simple to do. And even I could do it. It was, I mean, just adding a hard drive was nothing really. Um, you know, it's all tactile for me, so it's fine. But, you know, it's just really good to be able to do that. And um, the, only thing, the only thing I do have is this massive graphics card in there that I don't think I'll ever need. So I think I'm going to take that out and send that to you. Because um, I have one is absolutely it? no use for it. I think it's the <laughs> 2060 20, GeForce nah, GTX. <laughs> Rubbish, right? Okay, I don't know. I, honestly, I, you know, I, I, don't have a P, I don't have a PC that I'd be able to use it in. I guess that's the problem. Well, yeah, that's the other side of it. Oh, listen, I, 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 we haven't talked about this in the show at all. And every time I, I come off air, I always think, I must mention this. So you remember when Apple brought out the M series, or they came up with the M series announcement, and then they sold the, it was like a kind of demo Mac Mini that people, programmers and coders and people who were going to build yeah, applications. I yeah, I, I think I have still one of those Mac Minis. You got Not one, the developer right. one, but the one that actually came out, yeah. So Microsoft have done the same. They've got yes. an ARM-based version of this. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of similar. It's like the same size almost, I think. And, you know, it's a similar kind of Mac Mini style. But really, it's a developer box, isn't it? And that's really just about developers getting their hands on Microsoft on ARM. I, we haven't heard a lot about Microsoft on ARM. It is available. You can go and get it. In fact, Mac users can, can really enjoy themselves because they can I, – I have, I have done it. I've installed – you know, parallels on my Mac, and I've got Windows on there, and it works a treat. And to be honest, but are you I using the ARM version of Windows on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you have to, don't you, on the yeah, new Mac? Only option. Yeah, and it's fine. I heard those. I heard that version of Windows is not the not the best in the world. Is well, that a safe assessment? I I'm using it. So you know, on parallels on the M1, actually, it's on the M2 MacBook Air. I'm using Parallels on there. I'm using Windows 11 for ARM, and I'm also using JAWS, the screen reader, which is an ARM, a brand new ARM-based beta that they've just put out. So I am really going rogue on this, and I have had no problems, no problems. Interesting. And uh, I, I, was even, I was even that, editing uh, on it. I mean, I must admit, you know, there's still a little bit of lag and latency issues with the audio when you're playing back. It's yeah, but not you're also you're that. you're virtualizing this, right? So it makes yes. sense. That there's going to be some certain of those things. Exactly. You know what? I'm surprised, and this is something that I've I've made. You know, there there are comp- there are lots of programs out there for remote control of your computer mm. from from a distance, right? So you can use uh, Team Viewer, AnyDesk, um, the, the uh, company called Parsec, but nobody's really made these programs good enough. To really be able to just run your computer and hit play with no lag and do all the things that might take advantage of the computing hardware that's sitting in my house and give me full fluid pass through control on an iPad, for example. You know, I want to be traveling. If I could travel and know that I can connect over 5G or LTE to my computer at home and edit that piece of audio and render it and do all that stuff and and not feel like it's laggy and it's not responsive that might solve my need for like some kind of laptop that's expensive. Well, that's, that's the Holy grail, isn't it? Because then you don't need, you can just have a dumb terminal. Is it the Holy grail though? I mean, like Microsoft launched their windows 365 service, Hmm. you know, but we're about almost a year and a half into it, which is windows in the cloud. And I tried it out and, and it wasn't that great. Like it was expensive for, if you wanted to get something really performing, it was really expensive because I guess they were creating this virtual machine in the cloud. And I get that. But the experience, the latency and stuff like that was still there. It still didn't feel like I'm using a computer here. Well, and that's even worse, isn't it? Because on one hand, you can kind of understand why 
although it shouldn't be, but you can kind of understand why a home computer might struggle to do that, whereas something that's built to do that and lives in the cloud, which of course is a is a computer in a rack in a you know a server somewhere, you know, granted, but still that's its purpose in life is for you to be able to connect to it and work on it as if you're sitting in front of your home computer. That, yeah. If that's not working, that's not great. I don't know the solution to this. I, I really don't know. I mean, it, unless, and it's interesting because that we um, we're going to be speaking to in the first week of the year. We're going to be speaking to Ashley Rolfe from Lenovo, and he's he's a he's their chief technologist. And we're going to be in our episode, which airs on Monday. I think it's the second of January. It will be. Um, he's going to be talking to us about edge computing and how edge computing in the future is going to be something that's going to really drive a lot of what you're looking for forward, which really means that you have a light operating system and the bulk of the the heavy lifting is done, you know, in the cloud, but you have the sort of daily basic tasks, say you open Outlook or you go into your mail or you do whatever, those kind of local tasks are running locally, but the heavy lifting stuff comes off the cloud. But when it marries together, you then you don't get the the sense, you actually don't know whether you're in the cloud or not. And we're kind of getting there. It's almost with a lot like of a stuff. thin I mean, client, like they call it yeah, those yeah. low power machines that are just kind of like your front end that has some graphics processing power and stuff like that to make up for the latency or stuff like that that you might exactly. experience grabbing to. That's the solution, I think, isn't it? That you kind of Well, but that's our phone, right? Marry. That's basically our phone or our iPad, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, you think about my iPad Pro, which is this latest generation iPad Pro that has an M2 processor in there. That should have more than enough power to run what I need to locally and control my Mac OS remotely like that's and 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 my connection at home is a gigabit up a gigabit down so it's not like it's a slow connection to the internet so I don't I don't know what the what the bog what the what's bogging it down because if you think about cloud gaming okay well think yes. about the fact that you can take a Logitech cloud device a Microsoft you can control your Xbox remotely you can play games in the cloud mm-hmm. with zero latency incredible graphics and enjoy that game why on earth can i edit a video remotely <laughs> exactly like seriously yeah but you know you, you say this about the ipad pro with the m2 right you should be able to run anything on that that yeah. should be running windows or even mac os by now come on why is uh, that not happening i don't know i don't know it's That's frustrating coming. we're I'm supposed you. to be laying back and relaxing i know i'm feeling stressful last- show before christmas <laughs> i'm getting and you, i'm all I'm, stressed and worked I, up i'm getting you ready for the family coming over that's all this is i'm oh, getting to make you, that the, seem make that seem like get a the heart going you know it's like an exercise you know it's getting you ready for it i do i appreciate that now <laughs> <laughs> it's more than coffee will do that's for sure um but no it's, it's interesting i i think i have to as we come to the close of this episode i have to ask you the most obvious question i think i can ask you which is what now i mean i don't want to talk about themes i want to talk about specific product what would you like to see come out next year? What would you buy? What would you put your hand in your pocket and buy if it just turned up tomorrow or turned oh up God, next year? You're putting these hard questions out there. Um, like for pure enjoyment or for curiosity purpose? Like, because no, no, so this is something that's meaningful, right? So something you would be like, actually, this is something I would use. I really could benefit from this in my life. Something maybe exists that's close to it, but it's not perfect or whatever it might be. And it's just something oh, you think. wow. I've got to have this. Wow. I don't. I don't know. It's got to be an M3 Mac book or something. I mean, that's the no, obvious but one, that, right? The, but that's not like the, the significance of that is like, whatever. Yeah, I know. It's another know. computer that'll be updated another year later. Like, you're <laughs> you're asking a very deep question. I know. That I'm going to throw right back at you because I don't have an answer to it. And I don't know if you'll have an answer. Do you, is there anything you can think of? Apple Glass. Nah. Well, Apple Glass, but Apple Glass the way in which you expect uh, yeah, it and yeah, want yeah. it to exist, right? Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't You know, don't just I, want a v- another VR headset. No. You want a pair of glasses that happen to open up the world to you. I think what I'm interested to see is what Apple are going to do with this environment, because I, I have a feeling that this is going to be more capable. So uh, an example of this, um, you know, we've talked a lot about different products over the years uh, that are almost VR style wearables. Very specialist towards blind people. eSight is an example of it. Now, I think if you can get that kind of technology into Apple Glass, and it's not so much the the technology. The technology is one part of it. The hardware is another. 
it's going to be the apps that they create. You know, if you can get companies to start thinking, you know, being able to just hold I mean, you imagine just picking up a, a letter and just holding it in front of you and your device just starts reading it. You know, that kind of thing. Or, you know, you yeah. just look at something. You don't have to action anything. You don't have to ask it to do it. It just does it. I mean, in the way that voiceover with a lot of the features, for example, when you go into the camera app, it will tell you who's in frame. It will start identifying objects. You know, it does all that automatically. You don't have to ask it to do that. I think that's where the power comes. Now, that is not likely to be in a pair of glasses you can wear all day, all night. I think if you're someone who's totally, well, if you're totally blind, I suppose it depends on the environment, I, I guess, and it depends what else it can do. It might be a lot of money for what, you know, is only a very small fraction of it you can enjoy. But it might be something you could walk around and wear. Someone with low vision, it would be an, it, probably not advisable to do that. But that is certainly one I'm going to be looking out for because I, I just want to see what they do with it. I, I don't know if necessarily it's something I'd even buy. It depends on what, what their vision is for what this product is because if it's another metaverse, I'm not really interested. Well, it does, listen, it does excite me. The product excites me. But I think the the future capability of it excites me if it came to fruition in the way that I wanted it, which was, as you say, just a regular pair of glasses like Bose frames or sunglasses that yeah. was always analyzing the world around me, whether I ask it to or not, so that that information is always available to me. I think I'd love for something like that to also be listening to what's going on mm. as creepy as it may sound, but how many times do you have to run to try and Google something because you want to get the answer to it really fast, but in the world and the speed we live in, imagine being in a meeting or being in a conversation with somebody. And if it's listening and here's a foreign language, it shows you the subtitles right away without you asking exactly. for it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. And then tie that into, you know, make sure it's internet connected through our phone that's fine i don't expect an lte modem on this um make sure it's internet connected so that um it can connect to things like chat dbt um that kind of stuff um oh God, can you imagine how good that would be yeah oh that'd be amazing listen we're out of time but fascinating what? stuff i know i know after all that i know we've, i've got you thinking now and that's it you're <laughs> you could go another hour um but listen, I want you to have a wonderful time off, uh, if you if that's even a thing for you. I don't know if you ever actually have time off, really. Um, but I hope what you is do. time off, Stephen? What is time off? <laughs> I know. What is that thing? But I hope you have a wonderful time off, and I hope that um, I hope the bar mitzvah goes well. Uh, I'm sorry I can't come. I was hoping to be there for you, but and and you know for Zach as well. But unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Just I have no money. My wife spent it all, or the dog ate it. I can't remember which. But um, but you yeah. guys at home. Happy holidays. Yeah. Have a Happy great, holidays. you know, great seven days of double tap with Stephen and Sean and everybody else that comes along. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. We're not going very far. Keep your feedback coming. We'll get to it in the new year, I promise you. But yes, on Monday, we kick off our seven days of 2022. In the meantime, have a great holiday. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping on Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.